Okay, do you want to be drawing your discussions to a close? So this is the um, this is the scenario. This is told to you ten minutes before the end of a session. I don't think I'm going to be able to cope at home tonight. We've talked about what we've talked about today has maybe made me realise just how hopeless my situation really is. I know you want to help, but I can't see it. So, what would you do next? Where have we started? This this side of the room. What would you do next in that situation? We, um, I mean, when we were talking amongst ourselves, one of the things that we found quite quickly is that you can have a same situation, but you would deal with it totally different because it's a different person. So what we would need, if, if we're talking from a spiritual point of view, then we would need discernment and wisdom now. Yep. So yep. praying like mad in the head of public. Yes. And then, then offer that sort of prayer and spiritual support, like, is it okay? Can I pray for you? Um, can, I, can I offer you some, some comfort in that respect? Then, uh, okay, so so just, you know, first things first, I think there's a number of different lines you can take with it. One is it just, you know, as a Christian point of view, is just to, just to pray about things and try to discern. I think, you know, discernment's a key thing, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck, um, praying spiritually for stuff. Um, Dear Lord, please help me. How excited I should get about this. Um, but also, it's not just about the hairs in the back of your neck. There are also some other ways that you could be doing some discerning, um, slightly more objective ways, not necessarily better, because we do believe in faith and guidance, but, um, you know, there are some more objective ways to discern as well. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, there's a practicality to things. Um, we don't want to think, well, OK, we're doing all this stuff, then we'll walk out the door and off we go. Yeah. We couldn't say, well, is it OK if I ring you later, and is it OK if I ring you tomorrow? Yeah. So you've got a point of contact for both. Yeah. Um, so not necessarily jumping in and panicking, yeah. maybe saying, actually, you know, we could pick this up tomorrow or the day after or something. Yeah, I'm just going to come over here. Okay, all right, how about in the middle? You're all panicked. You're all panicked, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a good bit of panicking. Don't <laughs> panic, <laughs> don't <laughs> panic. I'm trying to keep some continuity so that I've gone on from that group, but maybe in a couple of days' time or the next day, we will contact them. So not that as soon as we leave her house that night, but everything's Yes. So they may be falling apart, but it's probably not a good idea for you to fall apart because you may be the only thing they are holding on to you. And if you dissolve in a heap in the floor, um, you know, actually, maybe the best thing you can do is just to say, okay, you know, we had planned to meet in two weeks' time. Would it be helpful if we met in two or three days' time? You know, so so don't don't sort of panic and throw your arms up because you know you you continuity. Continuity, continuity, reliability is just a really key thing. And anything practical that you might like to Yep, yeah, anything practical as well, yes. Okay, uh, over the back there. Uh, we thought we'd start by actually asking what do they mean by that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then possibly asking them family or friends that you contact to mm-hmm. Yes, so it's not necessarily your job to do all the support. They may have other support mechanisms, mightn't they? Um, yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, if it's debt that's the thing, you, you have a three-year plan for debt. If it's not debt, it's not your job. And that might sound harsh kind of thing. You know, you can be compassionate. It might be the job of the church that you're part of. But 
you know, you need to say to them, well, look, this is what I can help you with. I'm a debt counsellor. I'm not an expert or a magician in all these other things. You know, could we talk about I can help you with this, but I can't necessarily help you with 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 that. But maybe together we can find someone who can. Yeah. Over the, the back there table. Yes. And just going really often they might not have heard something you're saying, whatever you as you've been trying to Yes, yes. So so yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, particularly with the debt, you can say to them, you know, whatever you've heard about debt, whatever the depressed part of you is saying at the moment, I can help you with the debt. And sometimes, like I say, you may want to hold hope for the other person or talk about other eternal forms of hope as well. Yeah. Anything different over here? Pretty much the same. You know what you said earlier about what might be ninety-nine percent of you that thinks we can't help. Yeah. Can we just kind of hang on to that? You know, the reason why you contacted us really. Yes, definitely. So yeah. So there's a whole bunch of things about being compassionate, being consistent, but also this is an example of how the body works together. You know, I mean, several times in the Bible it says one body, many parts. You know, and although you sort of sticking to your guns and saying I'm a debt counsellor, I can't help with that might not sound very compassionate. In, in actual fact, at least each part of the body is being used what it was designed for. And I mean, if I try to play football with my hand, I'm going to break my fingers. Okay. And, and likewise, you know, what you can do really well is debt counselling. And it may be that your particular expression of the local body is not necessarily an expert on other mental health stuff either. I mean, that's one of the things that Minor Soul wants to do is get people in each town who do know a bit more. So there may not be an answer in your local church. It may be that... Um, you know, you're going to have to be thinking about the NHS or something like that. It may be that Mercy Ministries is next door to you or, or, or something like that. You know, so there, there could be a whole bunch of other, other places you could be looking, but it's not necessarily your job as a debt counsellor. It's not necessarily the job of that particular bit of the local church. doesn't mean it's not God and he's not acting through it. Okay? So I've just put a few of those things down here. Focus on what you can do. You know, relieve dynamic factors, particularly debt. Instill hope, both earthly hope, holding hope, and eternal hope, and pray. You know, and I think either just pray, dear Lord, help me in this situation, or or offer to pray with them. And I, I imagine that you might end quite a few of your consultations by praying anyway. Um, so so it might be, might be a sort of normal thing to do anyway. Don't don't panic and sort of not do what you normally do really. Um, offer another appointment, perhaps sooner rather than later, and. I think, you know, people can get into all kinds of discussions about, oh, am I just encouraging someone or am I responding to attention-seeking behaviour? Um, I mean, I, I never think that... I, I always err on the side of caution, I think, is what I'd say. Yes, sometimes the behaviour is attention-seeking, but it's attention-seeking for a reason, OK? It's not because, you know, what is it, the quote from that GP said at the beginning, you know, people don't self-harm because they're bored or because they're trying to frighten an errant boyfriend. Okay, that's what the GP said at the beginning, you know. And there are times when you may want to resist the behaviour and try to impose some boundaries, if only for your own sanity. That's always the best way to impose boundaries, by the way, is for your own sanity. Say something like, no, I'm afraid I can't see you tomorrow because that's my day off, and I need a day off in order to enable me to do the work I do. Yeah. Okay, it's your boundaries. The consequence of that is they have boundaries as well, but you're not saying to them, you need boundaries because that's really patronising. 
Okay, what you're saying is, no, I'm afraid I can't see tomorrow. Uh, so there may be times when you want to impose boundaries, and I do, again, it's always from your point of view, I'm afraid I cannot do that because. Okay, this is, this is how I do this, this is why I do this. Um, but you may want, always err on the side of caution. You know, if you're finding you're always offering an early appointment, or this person's always, you know, that's what the team here at head office are for on the end of the phone, or, um, you know, to be talking to, the pastor in the church or someone like that so if you if you are finding that you know boundaries keep getting blurred then talk to someone but be generous you know take them at face value and say maybe I could see you tomorrow I think I could maybe I could just give you a call phone up or something like that um, and then of course it may be that you think do you know what <laughs> you've got the pills lined up on the counter at home you're not going home we need to go down to A&E okay you can't drag them but you can say, I will walk with you to A&E if that's what's needed or to their GP or something. So um, and do, do try to encourage engagement with the NHS. I mean, that's part of the message I have to give from a legal point of view. But also, I think it's what I would encourage, um, you know, even if they don't want to go because they've had previous bad experiences and you can't convince them. You know, I, I, I do think that God has put these institutions there. You know, he's put the police force there for our help. He's put the NHS there for, for our help. You know, these things are acting out the laws of God, Romans says. So, so do, encourage, do encourage the NHS. Ground rules. Um, just some ground rules. We've done quite a lot of talking, so I'll just, I'll just go through on to the next, next slide. Some ground rules I was thinking of. We've covered most of these already. CAP is about finances and the gospel. It's not a counselling service, all right? It's a debt counselling service. It's, a, it's an organisation to lead people to Christ. It, it's not a, it's not a uh, psychological counselling service. Um, you, you are not an expendable resource, okay? So um, that means that you shouldn't be putting yourself in dangerous situations or situations that are going to stress you so much, all right? Uh, you, you know... In any situation, it's like, you know, it's what you're always told when you're doing first aid and you have to jump in the river to save someone. You know, don't jump in the river if you don't think you'll be able to get out. You know, the most important thing is your safety. All right. So that that may mean that and I'm sure you do this a bit anyway, is to offer your first appointment at the centre or at the church or or with with a befriending person. No, it's not. You don't. Okay. All right, there's, there's, there's ways to do it. You know, there's, there's ways, if you're at all worried about a situation, don't go by yourself. You know, there's, 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 there's ways around that. Um, you're not an expert in suicidality and that sort of thing, but you can listen. Tea and tissues, you know, really good thing. Would you like a cup of tea? Is there anything practical I can help with? Some of the things on the website, you know, 10 things to say, 10 things to help with. Um, also... You know, Jesus loves them and forgives them. And we've done quite a lot of work today around stigma and that funny exercise with the newspapers and that kind of thing. Um, it's about offering love and acceptance, even if you think that the person is being out and out manipulative. OK, think how Jesus would have handled that. OK, he, 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 he probably would have, you know, maybe asked them a question and said, I'll be here in the marketplace tomorrow discussing if you want to. Do you want to come along? And it, it's, you know, so you, you, you're being kind and generous almost to a fault. Um, these are complex problems. So what you're doing is you're offering clear and practical advice. You're not trying to sort of get deep into the counselling and offering sort of endless complex advice or putting endless caveats on stuff. You know, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. Okay. Um, and don't get drawn into details and dynamics here. Yeah, this is what I can do. This is what I cannot do. 
and some absolute don'ts that I sort of thought about is um, don't allow overdosing, cutting, drinking, whatever it is, at the centre or visit someone the next day. And I, I thought a little bit about this and I've, I've sought some advice on this. Um, and, you know, I think if someone's saying to you, I've taken an overdose, can you come around and see me? I think the answer, the advice I have to give you to that question is, is no, okay, because first of all, they could have, you, you may not have that relationship with them, their house may not be open, um, if, if, if they're in the middle of, of, of cutting or if they're drunk, it's probably not, particularly if they're drunk, it's probably not safe, okay, so I think if someone is doing that at the centre or, or is requesting a visit that day or, or sort of holding you to... To, to ransom in, in some shape or form. The answer is no, don't go round, okay? But likewise, the flip side of that is if someone rings you up and tells you they're taking an overdose, what should you do? Should you breach confidentiality? And I think the advice I have to give you is you're, you're doing this as members of the public, all right? And think about it. If, you, if your friend rang you up and told them you'd just taken an overdose, what would you do? You'd say, I'm going to ring an ambulance. You ring up an ambulance and you let the ambulance crew sort it out. And they can go around the house and they can decide if they're going to break down the door or not. Okay. So I think what you do is you behave as a member of the public and you're doing what you genuinely believe is in that person's best interest. Okay. I was worried about them. I'm a member of the public. I'm a, yes, I know I'm a debt counsellor, but they were speaking to me about, uh, not about their debt. They were speaking to me as a member of the public. I was worried. I rang an ambulance. I didn't know what else to do. I'm not an expert in this. You know, you're not going to get sued for that. All right. You don't get sued for being safe in the UK. You do in America, but that's America. In this country, you don't, all right? And if, if, if you're playing it safe, ring an ambulance, let the ambulance sort it out. That's what we do, actually, anyway. You know, we just ring an ambulance, let the ambulance crew sort it out. We, we don't, as a rule, go around and see people if they've actually overdosed or, or, or cutting or drinking. Um, again, another absolute don't. Um, you know, people vary in their approach to mental health services and some churches will say things like everything's wicked christianity is the answer okay i think an absolute don't i have to say to you is don't advise them against going to their gp or a and e even if you think that christianity is the answer in this case and it's not a medical problem all right um gps a and e psychiatrists they're not just there to give tablets all right they're also experts in risk assessment and risk management Okay, I mean, I very rarely prescribe. I'm still on the same prescription pad that I got over a year ago. Okay, I probably prescribe about once a month if I'm lucky. Um, people don't reach for prescription pads as much as they do. They're, they're, they're far more aware now to say if it's a social situation or a social problem like debt or money, then it has a social answer. But what they can do is give help with the risk management and um, provide support, maybe coming into hospital for a few days if that's what's needed, or with one of these home treatment teams. Is that sort of clear on ground rules? Is that sort of helpful? Yeah. Don't want to think of any... Yeah? Sorry. On this first one, if you went, you'd arrange to see somebody and you, you know, you turn up at their house and they've been drinking. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or cutting or whatever. Would you say, or we leave then? Yeah, I think, I think you just, you're just completely honest. I think you say, look, you know nothing personal but it's quite obvious to me that you've had something to drink don't get into debates about how much oh it's only a glass who cares you know you've obviously had something to drink it and, and you can blame cap it's in our ground rules i'm not allowed to see you today i need to make an appointment for tomorrow okay so blame cap um and leave and if they've locked the door don't go and see them again <laughs> 
you know, I mean, one of the things that talked a little bit about just beginning to talk about with David is do you have a sort of home visiting policy? You know, do you let people know where you're going, how long you're going to go for? Um, and like I say, if you are going to see someone who you at all worried about, there's ways around that. And we haven't got time to cover it today, but it's something I have been talking a little bit about with David. And there might be some ideas coming out about I mean, that. I hope there's no one that's concerned about that. But I'll just briefly say, if you are, I mean, I know one or two of you have done in the past. If you're at all concerned about any first visit, just contact your area manager or one of the centre development managers and we'll talk it through with you and we'll we'll work out an alternative for you. It yeah. very rarely happens, but if it is, just contact yeah. another team and we'll just we'll work through the best way of dealing with that. No problem whatsoever. Yeah. So you know, so so any any questions, get on the phone to head office and they will give you some guidance with that. Okay. A word about self harm, I've talked a little bit about it. It, it, it's not the same as suicide. There's all kinds of different ways of self-harming. I mean, hands up if you've been on a sunbed in the last two years. Okay, but I have. You know, I mean, not regularly, but occasionally, before, just before I go on holiday. Um, but, you know, I mean, is, is sunbathing self-harm? What are you doing? You're, you're altering your appearance in a way that relieves your anxiety. Um, I don't know, you know, it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum, isn't it? It's a spectrum. What about tattoos? Um, and a lot of people do use self-harm as, and if you talk to people about self-harm nowadays, it's, you know, it's not, it's not becoming trendy, that's the wrong word, but it's really becoming quite common. And a lot of people don't see it as a mental illness, they see it as a coping mechanism or a way of de-stressing. And, you know, how is it different to a nice cup of tea? Um, except a nice cup of tea is possibly not quite so bad for you, um, but, you know, a nice cup of tea as, an, as a, rather than talking about the problem, you know, may, may, may not be a great long-term coping strategy. You know, cups of teas don't keep marriages going. Talking does, okay? I mean, I'm, I'm being slightly facetious, but my point is, is that self-harm is not necessarily as aberrant as we think, but because it involves damaging the body in, in a fairly specific way with fairly specific intent, it can lead longer term to there is usually some kind of dissociation going on. It doesn't normally hurt when people self-harm. Um, so there's usually an element of dissociation, and humans don't do well with their brain living in two worlds. You know, we struggle as Christians with one foot in this world and one foot in heaven, okay? Multiply that by a million, and people who live two completely separate lives, problematic. Um, it is a distraction, and it works in the short term, which is a problem, because it leads to people repeating the behavior. It doesn't work in the long term. Um, and some people have feel they have this element of deserve, I deserve to harm myself because I'm bad, I need to punish myself, etc. And whilst it's not necessarily depression or a serious suicide attempt, there is a risk of progressing to suicide, and it is obviously a sign of, a sign of distress. Um, there's quite a lot of information on the website about, about self-harm, so do go and have a look at that if you're interested. And also just a word about suicide. Um, a book called A Special Scar, which I have talked about. There is something special if someone has lost someone else through suicide, um, partly because, you know, could I have done more? The kind of questions we talked about right at the beginning. And uh, there is a national organisation called Survivors of Bereavement by Suicide. And there's some books and some advice and some testimony on the Mind and Soul website as well. So we've just got a few minutes for any questions at the end before we close. Yeah. Yeah, we want to talk about... Um sharing your faith. Um, I, I was referred uh, a client by one of the mental health team in our local area 
Uh, went to see her, did what I normally do, shared a little bit about her faith, encouraging one or two things, dead gentle and all the rest of it. Got a phone call a few days later um, that what I'd given and what she'd taken were totally different. It was, oh, I, I feel really <coughs> under pressure to go to this, that and the other. I don't really think... Now, in that case, I said, no problem. Uh, she's got the wrong end of the stick. I will go and see her and make sure that she, you know, she's not under pressure. Yeah. That's okay. But how can we... Are there any guidelines with what we share with people who are maybe could take things two ways? Yeah, so this is about, you know, someone maybe is depressed or not thinking straight and you're just trying to share the faith. Um, I suppose a, a few suggestions. I suppose one is, you know, what is the good news of Jesus Christ? Is it eternal salvation? Well, yes, but actually when Jesus started his ministry, he said it's to set free the prisoner, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring darkness, light to those in darkness, you know. So, so actually, debt counselling is the gospel. And I suppose if you're worried about it, just do debt counselling in the first session. And then once you've got to know the person a bit better, talk about Jesus in the second session. Um, and I think, you know, it, does that, is that fair advice? You know, I think, I think these are sort of, they're both the gospel. Okay, you know, um, they will know by the fact that you're called Christians against poverty that there's some religious element, and that, that may be enough. I mean, Christians Against Poverty says it all, really, doesn't it? That, that may be enough for the first session. So if you're worried about it, just share that aspect of the gospel and come back with another aspect of the gospel, gospel later. Um, that's one of the nice things about it, is that you are doing debt counselling, and you will do debt counselling for anyone, even if they're not interested in the faith aspect. So, you know, it's the usual rule of start low, go slow kind of thing. Um, what else is relevant to say about that? I think people people will will distort the evidence according to what they want to hear if they're depressed. And I think um, you know, so you need to be a little bit careful with what you're saying. But I think you know, personal testimony is is a great place to start. Um, again, maybe not overly positive, um, but you know, you're just starting off with this is. Can I tell you a little bit about my story? And perhaps just tell the first bit of your story about you know just how I got in touch with CAP and how they began to help me rebuild my finances. You know, you don't have to tell the second half of the story about how you got your finances completely sorted, your marriage came back together, you had seven children and never looked back. That, 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 that literally, that part of the testimony, that part of the testimony can, can wait. So maybe the, the, the first part of the testimony and about how God was important because he understands and things like that. And I don't want to sort of put a constraint on the gospel, but it is, it is appropriate for where people are at. You know, we talk about pre-evangelism and concepts like that, you know, so so just be be gentle with things. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It was just the, the point of view that, I mean, I, I came from that point of view, that standpoint. I don't want to launch in and give this great big mm. tidal wave of stuff, mm. but how, however gentle it might be couched, it could still be taken in a totally different way. Yeah. And that was what I was saying. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just don't, you're in no win. So it was case... Do you share at all? People will people will misread stuff. Yeah. I think I think what I'd be interested in is rather than the odd misreading is systematic misreading. So, for example, if you find that your way of doing debt counselling with people who are a bit depressed always produces that effect, you may want to talk to your area manager. Maybe think about doing some role playing um, about how you are coming across. Um, likewise, if local mental health services are referring you people, which is brilliant, uh, and then all of a sudden those referrals dry up because they feel you're being too evangelistic, then maybe actually it's worth being a bit less evangelistic so you keep getting the referrals, if that makes sense, because God will work with those who, who, who come through. And you know maybe just that, your, that particular centre has set the barometers 
slight, slightly wrong. So, um, so I think you know it's great to be getting referrals from local mental health services. We don't want to sort of turn that off, but you know it is a Christian organisation. So what are people expecting, kind of thing? And there will be the odd person who gets it completely wrong. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a gentleman with schizophrenia whose delusions tend to be religious in nature. Uh, people tend to use whatever's to hand as the content for their delusions. So if someone's into computers, it'll be a microchip in their head. If someone is um, living in a very Catholic part of Spain, they'll think they're the Virgin Mary. Um, so people tend to sort of absorb whatever is, 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 is key to their personality. So if he's got religious delusions, you know, I'd be saying... He's probably a person of faith of some at some level or at least church background. So I kind of want to be sharing it with him at some point. But I think it depends on whether he's got a more moderate strain of schizophrenia, if you like, where perhaps, you know, with two or three months with help, with support, with a small amount of medication, he won't have those delusions anymore. And that may be the best time to get into the specifics you know so you're just doing the support aspect and the debt counseling aspect and he knows you're a christian and you do some real simple stuff like can i pray for you and you pray the world's simplest prayer so you're not getting into long debates long discussions with him and you know you're saying yeah we know you've got faith let's just pray about this and we'll just be dead simple about it um and then maybe when he's a bit better you can sort of talk more and say you know would you like would you like to get come along to our church and maybe you have to kind of if he's worried about it perhaps one of the befriending team could maybe sit with him on the first couple of Sundays and um, you know there are some churches that believe that anything with a pulse needs to be exorcised and it, 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 it's, it's not helpful and there's a spectrum obviously and there's other stuff that looks like schizophrenia but isn't it is demon possession I mean I believe that demons are around today but um, you know I think working carefully with, with someone who's got a bit of experience in that kind of area could be helpful um, maybe avoiding that type of church might be a good idea for him at, at, at the time being. Um, the other thing, of course, is if obviously he's someone who has a very severe illness and is going to carry on being psychotic for many years, despite all the best things to try and get it going the other way, is, is, is just to be a friend, you know, and church doesn't have to be a Sunday gathering. It can be a community. It may be, best, it may be that the best bit of church for him to get involved in is the Tuesday lunch, cl lunch club. And he can come along to that church quite happily, whereas going along on Sunday causes problems. Um, so I suppose it's about, it's about a matter of finding an expression of church that, that he feels comfortable with. Any other questions at all? Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for, for coming. I just want to close by saying two things. First of all, what an honour it is to come to CAP. It's an amazing charity. I totally agree with what David was saying earlier. So all the best. I'm very much looking forward to doing another day in London with the London people in the autumn, or the southern half of the country anyway. But thank you so much for inviting me. Really enjoyed it.
And also just wanted to point out, again, you've got these cards from Mine and Soul. Do have a look at the website. Um, we'd love it if you could register on the website. All we need is your name and an email address. Um, if you are interested, pop your postcode on as well. That's the only other bit of information we l ask for, because we are going to try eventually and link people together in geographical areas. Um, and it would really help for two reasons. First of all, you just get an email once a month telling you about um, any new material on the website that might be relevant. And secondly, the more people we get registered, the more funding we can get. Okay, so, so please do have a little look at that and register. Thank you.